Just after 9 o'clock, good morning. This is Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. And coming up at 9.30 is the Sunny Melindra Show. But the inspirational hour begins now with God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. The following is sponsored by GodandOurDogs.com. And this is Bernie Radio. Live or love the Western lifestyle? Then Wheeler's Western Outfitters and Bernie is your dream store. Hi, I'm Dale Garner. With 40,000 square feet, find a full line of hats, boots, trendy women's boutique, hunting gear, high-end horse trailers, and feed for your dogs, horses, and livestock. We believe in quality products, honest advice, and friendly service. It is the Wheeler's way of life. That's Wheeler's Western Outfitters, IH10, and Bernie, or Wheeler'sTX.com. Welcome to God and Our Dogs with Meg Greer. Join us online at GodandOurDogs.com. Subscribe, share, and stay. Now here's your host, Meg Greer. Welcome to God and Our Dogs, where we discover a new perspective by relying on God the way our dogs rely on us. This is Meg Greer, your host. We will talk with people just like you about the lessons they learn from dogs about God. You can find us at GodandOurDogs.com, hashtag GodandOurDogs on Instagram, and at GodandOurDogs on Facebook. Thanks to the folks at Wheeler's Western Outfitters for a great spot to record our show. Well, we are in for some fun today. Joining us is Sanda Coyle. Sanda's a business consultant specializing in marketing, communications, and sales. The fun part is that Sanda Coyle is the author of Surviving in a Dog-Eat-Dog World. Her dogs inspired her colorful book about surviving in business using lessons from her dogs. They would introduce her with, My Sanda, my all-time favorite human in the entire world. Welcome, Sanda Coyle. Thank you. And if we could only be what our dogs see us as. I mean, that, truthfully, my dog would also say she's food source. Well, I think probably all of our dogs <laughs> are very grateful for that, don't you think? <laughs> we, could, we could do a whole show on gratitude, probably. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Sanda, you've had dogs virtually your whole life, but the ones that really inspired your book are some of your more recent dogs. Um, can you tell me a little bit about Faye? What kind of dog is she? Well, we were dogless for a while, and um, at the time, I was also husbandless. And when a husband came into my life, my husband, Robin, he insisted that our son, it was my son, but he has since raised him, who was going to be nine at the time, needed a pet. Well, Michael wanted a ferret. And clearly that was not on the short list. So Thank Robin, in, yes, exactly. In his never ending information junkie that he is, researches all kinds of dogs and decided that he wanted a dog that wasn't, wasn't going to shed, a dog that was smart. Well, we ended up with a schnoodle. It is a schnauzer poodle. And we found a wonderful woman um, in the far, far side of San Antonio, South San Antonio, who bred schnoodles. She had toy, toy schnauzers and toy poodles. And when we went to go find this dog for Michael, we let Michael pick him out, pick actually her out. And at the time, there were two puppies, the most wonderful little white fluff of a fur ball and he was jumping up and down in his little pen going pick me pick me pick me and we are all pointing going that's the one that's bring that one home that's the one we want and they're cowering in the back 
of this pen was this tiny, shriveled up, nothing of a dog who literally was too just ashamed of herself to even look at us. And our son said, that's the one I want. And Faye was carried home in his arms. And at the time, Faye weighed a little over a pound. And once we hit the door and we came home, traveling that 45 minutes from the woman who we got her from, that dog transformed into the most incredible people-pleasing dog you've ever seen. And Michael was in heaven. Oh, wow. When Faye got to be about two pounds, about 13 weeks old, we decided that she needed to be trained. Everyone should be trained. I wrote about it in my book, how we need to certainly, you know, always be trained. And it, it's so incredibly important in business and life. But we decided to register Faye in a class in San Antonio. And when we got there, there was this woman standing in the middle of this big gymnasium. And she was kind of a, a, a stocky woman in build and she had one of those construction aprons on that had the pockets in the front like you get at Home Depot or Lowe's that you put all your tools in. It was a tool belt and in hers was stuffed all kinds of dog treats. And behind her were three pins. The first pin was about a foot and a half high. It was made with just basic chicken wire. Nothing incredible, just a foot and a half high. And in it she said, Please place your fay because that's where all the small toy breeds go. And this was a whole introduction on socialization. Now, remind you, Faye didn't like her brother much when she was with him, and she became a people-pleasing dog. So Faye was not interested in being socialized. But Faye got placed in this first pen. There was also, to the right of that, another pen that was about three feet tall. And in it were the... the the Cocker Spaniels and the, and, you know, certainly the, the, the larger breeds, you know, the, 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 a small collie. And then to the right of that was a five-foot-high pen that had a gate on it. And in it were all the rambunctious puppies. Those were the Dobermans and the Shepherds and the Pitbulls and, the, you know, all the big dogs. And they were too busy just playing with each other and growling and carrying on to even notice anyone. Well, we all got together and we're asked to seat, be seated. And the instructor, the woman in the, with the little food vest on, the little apron on, started to lecture us about socializing your puppy and how important it was. And at that point, Faye, who's this beautifully gray dog, she was short, but she had legs that could, were, she was a good jumper because of her poodle. And she backs up on her haunches and leaps a foot and a half into the air. Oh my gosh. Out of the pen. Oh no. And literally runs over to the trainer who scoops her up in her right arm and her left arm she takes out a treat she walks over to the second pen the three foot high pen with the bigger dogs and puts Faye in tells her to sit tells her to stay and rewards her with a hot dog treat now we later became the woman became the hot dog lady to us during the, our weeks of training <laughs> well, as soon as she, the, the trainer got back to the middle of the arena we were all sitting there listening and she was telling us again how important it was to reward good behavior and not bad behavior they scoots back gets on her haunches and leaps into the air over the three-foot-high wall. That's amazing. Uh, she, she could have been an Olympic she champion. Was. She ended up doing agility training. Oh, and wow. we we had ended up getting the dog we had currently have now, her brother Sam, because she had separation anxiety from her people and would scale a six-foot fence. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're here with Sanda Coyle, author of Surviving in a Dog-Eat-Dog 
world. And I just can't imagine her jumping higher than three feet. Well, Meg, she did. Oh, no. What happened then, she runs over to the trainer. The trainer, again, same thing, scoops her up in her right arm, gets a treat out of her little pocket in the left, takes her over to the big pen, works the gate open, puts her in with all these rambunctious, large dogs that were four and five and six and seven pounds and they are just fighting and growling and Faye doesn't know what to do well meanwhile I'm standing next to Michael who is nine thinking that his dog is going to become a chew toy to these other dogs and he is scared ready in his in his tennis shoes to leap over and rescue his prized Faye and what ends up happening is by the time the instructor gets back in the center of the room Faye decides that she's going to climb this five-foot fence, gets to the top, teeters, and then leaps to the floor. At that point, everyone in the entire room is just aghast. They're laughing. They cannot believe that we have this circus dog, this (laughs) tiny little two-pound circus dog. Faye then goes over to the trainer and literally jumps up into her arms. Again, the trainer reprimands all of us about rewarding good behavior versus bad behavior, and decides that she's going to keep Faye in her arms, which is all Faye wanted to do was to be in her arms next to the hot dog treats. So it's a great story. And I wrote about it in the book about being well-trained and be easily trained. Yeah. Because, you know, as people, we don't do well sometimes in being trained. And yet, we, I talk about as well in the book, God takes your choke chain every once in a while and moves you in the right direction. Well, because thank goodness for that. Exactly. Yeah. He wants us to be trained. Faye went on to be the most incredible dog. We said goodbye to her in 2017. But we have Sam. He is also a schnoodle. And Sam has been with me now for 14 and a half years. He'll oh, be that's 15 neat. in March. That's neat. Well, this is God and Our Dogs, and we're here today with um, Sanda Coyle who's the author of Surviving in a Dog-Eat-Dog World. And since all of these are business lessons, I wonder what kind of lesson Faye teaches us about really how the business world operates. And I'm kind of seeing that maybe she trained the trainer to give her treats. I think, you know, I have seen incredible people that I have worked with and worked for and that have worked for me over the years that truly didn't understand how important it was to be trained. And if you if you think of it in the terms uh, biblically, God does train us. He gives us a book. He gives us an instruction book. He gives us his words and he tells us what he wants us to do and how he wants us to act both in business and outside of the business. I have seen careers get ruined because new systems and come in, corporate decides you're gonna learn a new program and you have people who refuse to, to, to you know, learn it. Adapt. Adapt, thank mm-hmm. you, great word. Yeah. Uh, adapt or even just try to even take it in. Um, you know, Faye does train, did train me. Um, he, she really did, but isn't that what dogs do anyway? Yeah, they do. And um, it's really good that we're talking about Faye and treats because I want to tell our listeners about a little treat that we have for them. And um, here on God and Our Dogs, we have some very generous sponsors. And uh, they are Wheeler's Western Outfitters, Cibolo Family Medicine, Kendall County Abstract, The Rivers Team with Phyllis Browning, Cibolo Vet hospital and because of them we get to give one of our lucky listeners a treat each month 
This month, it's a $100 Amazon gift card. Uh, if you want to win, you can go to our website, godandourdogs.com, and enter. The winner will be announced there at the end of each month. So go to godandourdogs.com for an Amazon gift card treat. And Santa, I'd like to tell you also, and our listeners also, about our great sponsor, Wheeler's Western Outfitters. Wheeler's Western Outfitters generously supports Bernie Nonprofits. Today, September 18th at 6 p.m., Wheeler sponsors the Bernie Retail Style Show, benefiting the Kendall County Women's Shelter. Wheelers will highlight their fall lineup of Western chic clothing, jewelry, and custom hats for women of all ages, plus kids and men's clothing, too. I get to see their wonderful collection every week, so I know you'll find something you love. Join Wheelers Western Outfitters and other Bernie retailers as they walk the runway to support the Kendall County Women's Shelter, September 18th, 6 p.m. at the Don Strange Ranch. Of course, you can always find Wheelers on I-10 West and WheelersTX.com. This is Androesian, and you're listening to God and Our Dogs on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. This is Meg Greer, and we are back with Sanda Coyle, the author of Surviving in a Dog-Eat-Dog World. Her dogs inspired her book about surviving in business using lessons from her dogs. Sanda, you have another story in your book that's called It's Better to Be Unleashed Than Led. Can you tell me about your dog, Sam? Sure. Um, Sam is a wonderful schnoodle. Um, Sam has this way of walking on the leash, and it's a retractable leash. But Sam has not quite, even at 14 and a half years old, understood that the length of the leash comes to an end. So every day as I leash him up at the door and he gets so excited that he's going for a walk and it's always the same time every morning and I get out the little bag that I need in order to take him for a walk and I get out his leash and leash his neck and open up the garage door and hit the garage door button. He goes flying out the door and he gets to the edge of the carport and immediately chokes himself because the oh, leash no. is at its end. I think all we right. can all have a picture of that in our minds. <laughs> and then he starts that horrible guttural oh, sound oh, no. that he makes. And, you know, I'm sure passerbys in my neighborhood think I'm choking this poor dog. Oh, they no. think, oh, my gosh, what is Santa doing to Sam? And then I have to pat him on the side, and then pretty soon he writes himself, and then he's okay and can take his walk. Sam is proof that it is better to be unleashed than led. And I wrote about it in Lesson 10 in my book because it's true in life and it's true in business and it's certainly true in faith. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me what your business insight is first so people can kind of relate that. I, I had an opportunity to hire someone uh, when I was working at Clear Channel, taking them through iHeart, the iHeart transition. I was the SVP of strategic marketing for them and it, it was a phenomenal job working with incredible people. And I needed to hire someone, and I had someone who came highly pedigreed, just incredible background, references like you would not believe from very prominent people. And I really believed that she was going to be exactly what I needed to help me manage our small but nimble four-person department who handled 1,600 radio stations. Wow. But what happened was we got really busy. 
And when you get really busy and there were only three of us working and she was supposed to be the point person on so many tasks and you'd see her on the computer playing solitaire or you'd see her checking her Facebook or you'd see her texting someone. And I'm the type of manager that literally manages with reins versus spurs. I believe you rein somebody in, you let them run free, you make it very clear what they want to, you want them to do, and then if you have to pull them in on the little chain every once in a while, that's okay. Versus having to kick them in the side and trying to prod them along to get them to do their job. Because I hired this person to do their job, and clearly she would not do her job. And when asked, because I was also one of those people that would put together a performance improvement plan to make sure that we were all on the same page, she said, but... Just tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. Yeah. And very eager to please. Sam proves that if the leash, if he's on a leash, he's not going to be happy. And with her, I need, I wanted her to be free and unleashed to do her job and be able to identify what needed to be done. Right. Execute. Execute. Mm-hmm. And as a manager, I have prided myself on uh, surrounding myself by intelligent, wonderful people that were smart, far more intelligent than I was. And I hired smart people and I managed smart people and they all did their jobs. And this one kind of stumped me. Yeah. Well, do you think, Sanda, uh, that God gives us a step-by-step instruction list like your employee wanted? Well, God gives us the Bible. Right. But I, I want to talk specifically because, you know, people think that God has us on a leash, that he leads us. We use that term. He leads me. He leads me by still waters, etc. Right. But in New Testament, once Jesus came and God appeared on earth as man and then Jesus died, then the whole I'm going to say it, it it's going to come out not as certainly religious as people would like to hear, but the whole ball game changed because all of a sudden we are not, we're unyoked. He gives us the tools. He gives us the intelligence. He gives us his word. He gives us through relationship with him, the Holy spirit working through us. We have everything we need to stay in relationship with him and be able to be unleashed. I say that, but when we go rogue, when we don't do what God asks us to do or tells us or instructs us in his instruction book, the Bible, then God will move our head in a different direction. Yeah. So by being unleashed, I don't want someone to think that they should just be going rogue. That is not what I mean by any means. It's having the freedom and knowing and having the rules, if you will, the, the instruction book of knowing which direction to go in. Right. I know that if I approach a business dealing and I approach it in the right way and, you know, I pray about it before I go into a meeting and I pray for the companies even when we don't work for them because, you know, for God to, to work in their lives, I, I, I know that when I get into that business meeting the right decision will be made of whether you're going to work with me or you're not, whether I can help you or I can't, because I'm being led by, by, I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. Right. But I'm not being leashed by the right. Holy Spirit. And it also, I think having that attitude 
helps um, when we do hear no's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know, you've probably had these experiences too. And sometimes those no's you learn maybe two or three years later, golly, that was a good thing. It didn't happen that way. And uh, so having that experience that you can build on gets back to that relationship. And yes, make your supplications known, but if the answer is no, that's still probably a really good answer, even though at the time it may not seem like it. And that's the point. It's an answer. Yes. People who say, God didn't answer my prayer. Oh, yeah, he did. He just didn't answer it the way you wanted it. Uh, According to... Your plan or we my call it, plan. We call it the book of my first opinion. Oh, I, I love that. Exactly. <laughs> Chapter one, verse two, the book of my first opinion. Okay. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Well, we're here today with Sanda Coyle, who's the author of Surviving in a Dog-Eat-Dog World. And it's it sure seems like that these insights that you've gained about business are so applicable in our world related to our faith. And Sometimes it's in informing us in kind of the opposite direction. That's not really the way God works or God's kingdom works. Is the same way as other people work in our life. I wrote this book because I I was always told you need to get your, you've taught this time and time again. You've helped me through this using these stories. You need to write this down. And I did not write Surviving in a Dog-Eat-Dog World as a Bible book, as a, as a religious book, but I live by faith, family, and fur. I, I believe that's the way that I'm supposed to live uh, in that order, with faith being first, my family is second, and my fur is part of my family, so it's a real close. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of tied for second. Everything in this book is applicable to your relationship with people, with God, definitely. Uh, You know, lesson two, leave your mark. What a great way to describe what dogs do. Um, As Sam goes around checking his P-mail, well, how does that come even close to um, having a relationship with God? Well, God wants us to leave uh, our mark. And the ironic thing is our mark is his mark. Mm-hmm. And we are the only, the only Jesus some people ever see right. as we take care of, we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we love our God first and then we love our neighbor as ourselves. How, isn't that incredible? It so is. every one of these 30 lessons have, have biblical, a, a biblical side to them, but it is not written as a religious book. It was written as a business book because if just one person can learn one thing or one relationship can get better because of one little lesson or nugget, then isn't that incredible? Well, it's, it's um, great because that's why God and Our Dogs show exists exactly. for just one little tidbit that might help someone rely on God the same way our dogs rely on us. Well, Sanda Coyle, author of Surviving in a Dog-Eat-Dog World, Thank you so much for joining us today. It was my pleasure. And um, all of you, thank you for joining us as well. I appreciate you listening and thank you for being with us. Today, as our time comes to an end, I have a thought to ponder. Yes, that's P-A-W-N-D-E-R. 
we laughed at the story of a tiny dog who appeared to get anything she wanted by being cute, persistent, and yes, manipulative. Based on our experience in the world, we know that approach only gets us so far. Jesus acknowledges we, as broken people, know how to give good gifts to our children. If we give good gifts, then how much more will our Father in Heaven give to us? So here's my thought to ponder. Am I so busy praying for the answer I want, I totally miss the better gift God wants to give me? Let me know what you think after pondering. Listen to God and Our Dogs again on godandourdogs.com or your favorite podcast site. If you have a neat story about God and your dog, send me an email at stories at godandourdogs.com. Follow us on Instagram at hashtag God and Our Dogs or on Facebook. Please join me next week for God and Our Dogs for some new perspective for relying on God the way our dogs rely on us. Live or love the Western lifestyle? Then Wheeler's Western Outfitters and Bernie is your dream store. Hi, I'm Dale Garner. With 40,000 square feet, find a full line of hats, boots, trendy women's boutique, hunting gear, high-end horse trailers and feet for your dogs, horses, and livestock. We believe in quality products, honest advice, and friendly service. It is the Wheeler's way of life. That's Wheeler's Western Outfitters, IH10, and Bernie, or Wheeler'sTX.com.